Ready? Let's jump in. Are you there? Chapter uh, <clears throat> Second Kings, chapter seven, chapter six, and chapter seven. So we're going to be mostly in chapter seven, focusing on some things. But um, last week we sort of, kind of started a series called um, Easter is for everyone. Easter is for everyone. How many people believe Easter is for everyone? Amen. It really is. <clears throat> the resurrection is for every single purpose and. From the very far start of the start, from the very from the very start of the service, can you edit that out? I know what I said. I know you all heard it. You're all holding your breath and turning red in the face right now. Edit that out. <laughs> from the very start of the service, from the very start of the service, God was up to something really cool. We knew that He was He was just doing something and. And that he gave us a word about breakthrough, about Manuel coming up and encouraging us about building our faith. And then the word that that God had given us about about breakthrough and persevering because Zoom, Zoom. Anybody ready for Zoom? Anybody ready for Zoom's coming? Hey, I'm telling you, Zoom started. Zoom started. We had two people saved last week. No, I said, we had two people come to know Jesus last week. Okay. When you hear the story of the testimony, uh, I don't see her here this morning, of the lady uh, of, that came in that has, was in a horrible situation, and what God did in one day in her life, it's going to blow your socks off. I'm telling you, it was amazing. Uh, it was just fabulous, just fantastic. Other people have got testimonies. God's do, is God moving? God is doing great things. Amen. I can't wait till we um, share some of these testimonies. But So Easter is for everyone. Breakthrough is for everyone. Anybody, breakthroughs for everyone. Say a breakthrough is for everyone. Breakthrough is for everyone. And so today, we're going we're gonna to kind of carry on with the same thought here, and we're going to walk through the historical account of the siege of Samaria found in 2 Kings chapter 6 and, 7, and chapter 7. Not just the siege of Samaria, but God's miraculous breakthrough, okay? Get your Bibles out. Come on, we're going to walk through the Word. We're going we're to spend some time in the Word this morning as we, um, as we look at this, 2 Kings chapter 7. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we find that the Syrian army had come to attack God's people, had to attack Israel, some of the Israel people that were living at Samaria. Uh, the, the king surrounded, took his army and literally surrounded, um, he surrounded the city, he brought a siege against the city, I mean, he opposed the city, he, he cut off all of the resources, and, and, and a famine began at this time. Hard times and difficult times began at this time, as a matter of fact, in the history of Israel, this was one of the most difficult times that they had experienced. The, the food supply was, um, was exhausted. It was a, a horrible time where people had, had used up everything that they had stored, and then they began, to, they began to eat things that they normally wouldn't eat. They began to, to consume stuff that might not have even been healthy for them. The Scripture says in chapter 6 here that they, they, would eat a, they were eating their animals. They were eating, you know, that they were selling donkey's heads as specialties, and, and, and even it came came to such a horrible place that they had been cut off so much, it came to such a horrible place that there is at least one example of child cannibalism that took place. Does everybody understand that? that, that and, and read the story. It's a horrible, horrible story 
of what, what takes place, and, 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 and their hearts had become so just captured by pain and by fear, and, and it was just a, it's just a horrible, horrible situation. And in the midst of it, God does some amazing things. One of the amazing things that he does is, is he opens up the heavens. He, the prophet Elisha is there, and, 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 and the prophet you know, says, hey, God's got this under control, and, and fear's building in people. And somebody comes to him, he says, hey, don't worry about it, because there are more for us than against us. And God brought an amazing deliverance, okay, in chapter, uh, in chapter 6. Now, here, here's, if I'd been God, I wouldn't have just shown one person, though. I would have shown everybody, you know, because those people, they continued to be fearful about the work of the enemy. They continued to have this, this thing in their heart that said that we're, we're, we're doomed. And just a little bit later, in chapter 7, where we pick it up, um, they had once again been surrounded. There had been, there's once again, this, this famine not only continue to increase to the point where where people really were dying, where people thought that they, they had no no hope. They were just holding on. They they had kind of hunkered down and just said, we're just going to sit here and die because if we open up the doors, if we go out when the enemy gets us, he's not just going to kill us, but he will torture us and torment us and possibly uh, make us slaves for, for the rest of our lives. And so this is the situation we see when we get to chapter 7. And in chapter 7, verse 1, it begins with, Then Elisha said, okay, Elisha, a prophet of God, man of God, okay, the prophet said, hear the word of the Lord. Now, I think it's interesting that here we've got a man who's recognized, he's done miraculous things, he's recognized from the, from the king on down. Everybody recognizes that he's a prophet, but when he begins to speak, before he just says, here's what's going to happen, he has to say, hear the word of the Lord. Well, why do you think that he says that? I, I, I'm sure there's multiple reasons, but one of the reasons is because I think that the, the people's hearts and their minds was so filled with the voice of fear and the voice of intimidation and the voice of prophesying says, you're going to die, nothing's going to happen, there's no hope for you, you're going to lose, you're going to be defeated, you're gonna, your, your heritage is gone, your hope's gone. I think they'd been hearing the voice that had said, God really doesn't care. I think they'd heard a voice that says, look, you've cried out, you've prayed, you've wept, you've shed tears, and nothing has changed. They'd heard the voice that said, if God really cared, he would do something special. If God really cared, he would have worked the miracles that he's worked in the past. And I've heard that. I've heard that in our day. I've heard, where are the miracles of the past? Where are the signs and the wonders? Where's God? And, and can I tell you that sometimes before we can receive the word of the Lord, we have to silence all the other voices. And if that's where you're at today, if you're in a place where fear is tormenting you and you're hearing voices that says your financial situation will never change, your, your marriage relationship will never change, your single situation will never change, You've not, you don't have any hope, I'm telling you today, those voices lie. Hear the word of God today. Hear the word of the Lord. So I'm telling you that, that even though the circumstances of their lives were real circumstances, it, it was real hunger. It was real pain. It was real starvation that was going on. There was real lack. There was a real need. 
And in the midst of that, in the midst of that, can I tell you that the word of God is more real than your situation? Christian said it well. Our God is greater than our lack. Amen? Our God is greater than the pain. Our God is greater than the circumstances. So hear the word of the Lord. Receive revelation. Don't just live by reason. Amen? Amen. Verse 2, it says this. So an officer on whose the hand, uh, I'm sorry, verse 1 goes on. It says, tomorrow about this time, tomorrow about this time, a sea of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now, again, you have to go back and read chapter 6 because they said that there was, you know, a donkey's head was worth 80, you know, pounds of silver and all kinds of different things. And what the, what the prophet's saying is tomorrow, everything's going to be different. Tomorrow, the economy changes. Tomorrow, your life situation changes. Tomorrow, everything changes. And so then we see that this officer... In verse 2, it says, So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the heavens were to open, uh, if the wind, God was to make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And the prophet answered him, and he says, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes. And here come some of the saddest words, in my opinion, in all of the Scripture. The prophet looks at him and says, You shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Man, I don't know about you guys, but if God's going to do something great, how many people believe God's going to do something great? Does anybody believe this word of breakthrough is true? If God's going to do breakthrough, if God's going to bring revival, if God's going to manifest great blessings to his people, if God's going to pour out his spirit, if God's going to use his people in great ways, I don't want to just see it. I want to experience it. And I don't want to just experience it. I want every one of you to experience it. I want our sons and our daughters and our grandsons and our granddaughters, I want them to experience, not just to see it, not just hear about it, but to experience it. And so um, I, I just, man, I, I, I'm telling you, this stirs in my spirit. I refuse for us to not be a part of what God's wanting to do in the earth today. Amen? Okay, so we're going to be people again. We're not going to lean on reason. We're going to lean on revelation. We're going to go by what the Lord says. Verse 3, you ready? Here we go. Now there were four leprous men, four leprous men. As I was studying this over the last week or so, uh, some historians say that, that, that one of these lepers was Gehazi. He was the servant of the prophet Elijah. And you may remember in your Bible whether it was a man named Naaman. He, he was a, a Syrian captain, and he had leprosy, and um, he came to the prophet to be healed. He told him to go and dip in the water seven times. And when he was healed, he wanted to give the prophet all kinds of riches and all kinds of stuff. And so the prophet said, no, take your stuff with you. Uh, God gets the credit. I don't want anything from you. God's my source. How many people are thankful that God is their source? Amen. Amen. And so, but Gehazi, the servant, his servant, he went to this captain, he lied to the captain, and he got the resources from himself. He used, he used God for his personal gain. And because of that, there was a curse that came upon him. And the leprosy that Naaman had went on, was on Gehazi. So some people contend that the four people there were Gehazi and, three of his, son, and his three sons. It says, now these four leprous men um, were at the entrance of the gate. They were at the gate. 
Um, I, I just want to ring a bell here and say, remember the word that the Lord gave us to start the, the season, to start this year? It was gates, right? So we're, we're not just wanting to stay in the gates. We're wanting to go through the gates. If we're coming in, we're coming into the presence of the Lord. If we're going, we're just not going to sit in the gate. We're not, we're not, we're not just going to stay in, we're not just going to stay and sit. God's got purpose for us, purpose in his presence or purpose in his world. Amen. And so we're going to, we're not just going to stay in the gates. We're going in or we're going out of the gates there. And so they're sitting there and they say to each other, why are we sitting here until we die? Day by day, they were dying. They were little by little. They were, um, everything that they were was just wasting, was wasting away. Now, when we, we read the word leprosy, lepers here in our Bible, it kind of just goes right over us. We just wash over it, you know, and it, we don't think a lot about it. But being a leper in biblical times was, was literally a death sentence. Leprosy is a disease of the flesh. Now, I'm just tempted, I won't say it, but I am tempted to say, we've all got a disease of the flesh. <laughs> Anybody here ever have to fight against the flesh? Anybody here ever have to do battle with the flesh and war against the flesh? You know, that's what Galatians tells us, doesn't it? It says this, that, that the flesh wars against the spirit, right? God's calling us to be people of the spirit, to walk in the spirit, live in the spirit, be filled with the spirit. But how many people find out that sometimes your flesh rises up? Anybody ever had a flesh rise up on them, right? Ever had smack your flesh down, flesh get back in, get back in its place, Right? You know what I'm talking about? Attitudes and actions. Has anybody driven down South Broadway on a Saturday afternoon, right? Just, you know what I'm talking about? The flesh wants to rise up. They're crazy people. We saw, was it yesterday? Yeah, two cars fighting for one lane. Hey, man, share the road, you know? Come on, dude. But no, the flesh rises up. The flesh rises up. This, this disease of the flesh, though, it would eat away at the flesh, it would actually begin to eat away so far, so much so that, 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 that their fingers would fall off and toes would fall off and rot away. And, 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 and there was no cure for it during this time. This leprosy was not just something that impacted them, but, but it impacted their families because then the families would be responsible. They couldn't work. They couldn't be among people. As a matter of fact, when they went through the streets of society, they would have to yell out, leper, unclean, unclean. So people would move out of the way so you don't get near those people. And so they became a burden to their family. They, they became one that, that just consumed resources but gave nothing back. They really became parasites of society. You know what a parasite is? A parasite is something that feeds off of other living things. It sucks the life out of other living things. And, and that's what they became. That's what these lepers are. They were doomed. They were destined to a life of isolation, to a life of pain, to a life of heartache, to a life of hurt, to a life of, of, of just draining, of being a, being a burden to their families, of being a, a threat to society. That's what lepers were. And so here these lepers are sitting here and they say, what, why are we just sitting here and dying? And then they began to reason among themselves. And they said, you know what? If we go into the city, we're just going to die there because that's where the famine's at. If we stay in the gate, there's no resource. There's no supply here. Their only other option that they came up with was, what about surrendering to the enemy? What about if we just give in to the enemy? What, if, what about if we go to the enemy's camp? Now, I personally believe that there was something 
of, that the Lord was doing that was stirring in them to make them even brave enough to take a step out of the gate. Sometimes God works in unusual ways in our lives, amen? So, so, sometimes God will challenge us to do things that go beyond the norm. And so he's, I believe he stirs up something in them, and they say this in, chapter, in verse 4. They say, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. I love that scripture. I mean, I love that, that verse. I've got that underlined. I've got it here in my notes. If they kill us, we will only die. Has, has anybody ever been in one of those situations where it's like, well, the worst thing they can do to us is kill us, you know? Uh, you guys probably don't do this. Yvette and I have done this from time to time. Um, we play this game called Vain Speculations. And uh, you know, I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying we've played it, you know. And, and so, um, you know, it'll start like something like this. And Yvette will say something like, oh, my gosh, what if this happens? And, and I'll go, oh, wow, that would really be terrible. And then if, you know, if that happens, you know, if, 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 if Sam makes everybody in church mad and they all leave and then, then there's nobody there and then we, you know, we don't get a salary, we don't get paid and then we can't buy food and we're going to starve to death and, and that's going to be horrible and things are going to be bad and we're, we're just really encouraging and building each other up and it's just, it's a fun, fun game, you know, it's a really fun game. And so, and so ultimately, ultimately we come to this place of if all these horrible, terrible things come upon us, then we'll ultimately die. And then we get to be with Jesus. <laughs> it's like, how bad is death, right? Anybody ever played that game? Anybody ever, <laughs> right? You know, anybody ever, well, the, the worst thing, you know, or, uh, you know, that we could die. I love this. We could only, we could only die. That's the worst thing that could happen. But you know what they, they said? So let's go. And here's the the next verse, says, and they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, if you, have your, if you can highlight it on your phone, circle it on your, in your Bible, to their surprise. Folks, I want to tell you, we serve the God of the surprise. We serve the God of the surprise. You guys don't like surprises? <clears throat> right? I know sometimes, sometimes uh, surprises are not good. Sometimes, you know, the other night Jackson was over at the house and uh, he was coming, he was coming uh, out of the the uh, living room and I had been coming. I was coming out of the bedroom and I heard him coming and he was carrying a bucket of cars. Okay, he has a little bucket of cars, and so I hid behind the wall, you know, and so, hey, what? <laughs> like you've never scared your kids, parents. How many people want the greatest joys of parenting and grandparents getting to scare your kids, right? Come on now, right? So that's paybacks, right? Paybacks. So, right? so, so I did, I, I jumped around the corner, surprise, and he threw the bucket of stuff up in the air. Cars went everywhere. And it was like, surprise, pop, you get to pick up the cars. So, you know. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, listen, get this in our spirit. God, God's got a, not just that kind of a surprise, but how many of you people have ever had a good surprise? A surprise, like, surprise, here's a great gift. Surprise, here's somebody you haven't seen in a long time. Surprise, here's good news, right? Surprise, it turned blue, right? Surprise, you know what I mean? So, you know what I'm doing? Surprise. And hopefully that was a good surprise, right? So, surprise. 
we got to get this in our spirit. God's got some surprises he wants to release in our lives. So when they came to the edge of the camp, they were surprised. Listen to this. For the Lord. For the Lord. For the Lord. How many people say, I'm ready. Lord, just work in such a way that you bring surprises. Things I've been praying for, go ahead and release that surprise. Go ahead, God. Surprise me with that healing. Go ahead and surprise us with that financial blessing. Go ahead and surprise us, God, by that child, that lost one that comes home to know the Lord. Go ahead, God, release it. Surprise us. Surprise. For the Lord, for the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots, noise of horses, and the, the noise, of, noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired kings against us, the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, get this, the enemy of God's people began, took off running. They arose and they fled at twilight. They left the camp, camp intact. Their tents, their horses, their donkeys, everything they had, they left and they ran for their lives. Somebody needs to shout, hallelujah, right? Man, God causes his enemies to scatter. God caused his enemies to scatter. And look at this. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and they ate and they drank and they carried from it silver and gold and clothing and they went and hid it. And I like this. Why the Bible puts this in here? I don't know, but I like this. It says, and then they came back and went to another tent and did the same thing. <laughs> How many people, don't you like that when you get to go back for seconds? How many know people know what I'm talking about? You know, they just went back for seconds. They went, they went back and said, hey, man, we went into one tent. We got a full supply of everything we need. We got, we got food. We got clothing. We got silver. We got gold. How many people know their whole situation changed in one tent? So they go back to a second tent. If some's good, more's better, right? So... That's my opinion about food. So, um, all right. So, I'm just telling you, listen. And so, how many, can I tell you, I believe this. I believe that God's got some surprises for you. I believe that, that God is God. He's God over not just the, your life. How many people know that he is the Lord God over every life? He is the Lord of lords, and he is the king of kings, and he is the ruler of all creation. He's the ruler over your enemy. He's the ruler over your doctor's report. He, he is the ruler over your spouse. He's the ruler over the judge. He's the ruler over the attorney. He's the ruler over the financial guy. He's the ruler over the stock market. He's the ruler over it all. He's the ruler over it all. Your God rules. He's the ruler of, listen, the person that opposes you, the person that's creating hell in your life, the person that's causing pain in your situation, God's ruler over them, over the issues, over the symptoms, over the sicknesses, over the situations of your life. He is the ruler. Somebody give him a hand this morning. He's the ruler. He rules, he rules, he rules. And I don't know why I'm yelling today, except I'm excited that he rules. Man, he rules. And because he rules, their life situation changed in a moment. In a moment. 
where, where they were going for an expectation of being captured and maybe being punished, they, their God began to rule. He ruled and he filled their life with blessings. How many people think that'd be great just to, man, all of a sudden be in a bad situation, then have your life filled with blessings, be in poverty and then be in plenty, right? How many people, how about this? How about somebody that was being lost they were lost, they were, they were on their way to hell, and all of a sudden they get saved. In a moment, everything changes. And man, all they do is they just keep going back and just, I just want more of Jesus, just more of Jesus, more, just more, and, and that's a good thing. But you know what? Listen, they could have kept going from tent to tent to tent to tent and just heaping up supplies for themselves, but let's read verse 9, all right? Everybody got your steel-toed boots on? Here we go, all right? Verse 9. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. We are not doing right. Wait a minute. God's laid out blessings. God's laid out abundance. God's delivered us. He saved us. We're, doing, we're not doing right. And here we go, okay? We're not doing right. This day is a day of good news. This, anybody know what the word good news does that ring a bell for you? Good news. The gospel, right? The gospel. This is a day of good news. It's, it's a day of salvation. It's a day of deliverance. It's a day when everything changes. And you know what they're doing? They're sitting here and they're going, man, we've got all of this for us. And it's a great day. It's a day of good news. It's a, it's a day where, where God's provided for everything we need. But look what they says. It's a day of good news. And we remain silent. It's a day when God's done great things for us. He's met our needs more than met our needs. He's abundantly supplied for everything. Has anybody ever had any abundant supply in your life? Anybody? How many people got more forgiveness? Anybody ever have forgiveness over any sins? Some of you need to be raising both hands today. I'm telling you, right? So forgiveness over sins. That's me. I got both hands. And let, right? Forgiveness over sins. Aren't you thankful that his supply of forgiveness is more than enough? His supply, listen, his supply of grace is more than enough. His supply of mercy is more than enough. His supply of love is more than enough. His supply of joy is more than enough. And, and we just keep it to ourselves. This isn't right. Now, I'm not saying that for you. I'm just saying that for the lepers, right? Okay. So the lepers said, this isn't right. We remain silent. If we wait, okay, now I, I think they started in the morning. Now it's probably the end of the day. And it says, if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, let us go and tell the king's household. Man, I, how many preach? This is easy to preach right here, isn't it? <laughs> go and tell the king's household. You, you know what they're saying? They're saying, listen, we can't receive all that God has given us and not go and tell somebody and not go and share it with somebody when there's a whole city that's dying and they don't know that there's good news. Anybody feeling anything? Anybody getting a message here? Man, it's great to be saved. It's great to have our sins forgiven. It's great to be filled with the Spirit. It's great to know that today's the day of salvation. But, but should we keep it to ourselves? 
They, they said that there's some punishment, okay, that might come upon us. I looked that word up because I thought, wow, is there really punishment? And here's what that word means. It's perversity. It's depravity. It's iniquity. It's sin. It's guilt. For us to keep good news to ourselves, for us to keep the how would we feel about someone who had discovered the cure from cancer? Uh, did anybody see on, there was the trial this week? The, the man that um, he, he, he raised the cost of that drug like 5,000%, and, and he's going to prison for it. That's just because he had the cure for something. What about for those of us who know the cure for the thing? And we keep it to ourselves. We don't tell our neighbors. We don't tell the people we work with. We don't tell those on our campuses. We don't tell those that, that we run into in our, in our circles of influence. We don't tell them. Can it be anything else other than then that there's something perverse, there's something, there's something wrong, there's something depraved, there's something that, man, that, that's going on in our hearts that isn't right. But that's not who we're going to be, is it? I said, that's not who we're going to be, is it? We're not going to be people that keep the good news to ourselves. We're not going to be the people who keep the good news of the love of Jesus and the forgiveness of Jesus and the, and the joy of the Holy Spirit and, the, and, and, and his friendship and his, his grace. And we're not going to be people who keep it to ourselves, are we? No, no, we're not. We're not. We're going to be people who share it. Listen to what happens. This is so amazing. So they said, now, therefore, let us go and tell the king's household. How many people know that we're all God's children? All. Even the, even the people, you know, all God's children. You know, I, I think about this. A couple of weeks ago, I was walking and praying. And I just asked, Lord, what's on your heart this morning? Do you ever ask God that, what's on his mind? God, what's on your heart? And you know what he said? He said, my kids. He said, I got a bunch of them out there that they still don't know about me. They still haven't experienced me. Some of them are trapped. Some of them are trapped in sins and bondages and addictions, and some of them have never known. Some of them are trapped in dead, lifeless religion. They think they're okay, but they don't know me. And you know what? God, in his abundance of grace and love and mercy, for the, their situation, for their bondage, for the famine that they're in, for the death that they're facing. Do you know what God in his love has done? He saved you. He saved you. He saved you. You could be the only answer that some people will ever know for their lost situation in life. How we've ever come to the place of thinking that sharing the gospel with somebody or sharing just an invitation to come to church, 
have we've ever come to the place of thinking that this is something that's tough or difficult or, or I don't or might embarrass us or, or it might can I tell you what it there's something perverse there's something wrong there's something depraved about that that's not how God's people think it's, it's not how God's people see things And so the lepers, I can't read my words. And so, and so they went and they called to the gatekeeper of the city and they told them, saying, we went to the Syrian camp and surprisingly no one was there, not a, not a human sound, only horses and donkeys and tents intact. And the gatekeepers cried out. And the gatekeepers told the king, and the king said, oh, I don't think that's what's happening. It's just a trap. Listen, there are going to be people that are suspicious of the message that we bring, but it doesn't mean it's not true. So what do we do? We keep saying, no, you got you to believe, you got to come, you got to see. you got to try it for yourself. You've got to try it for yourself. And so the king sent out a, a few people. And they went and they found that it was true and he came back. And I love this in verse 16. And it says, then the people, all the people of the city, the people that a few days earlier were, were practicing cannibalism and eating dove's dung and they were, they were, they were eating donkey's heads and they were, they were deceiving and killing each other and they were bound with fear. They all went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians, so much so that a, a sea of fine, a fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. The economy flipped upside down in one day. They had more than enough. More than enough. And I like this in verse 18. It says, so it happened just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying... It'll all change in a day. Then that officer that had answered the man of God and said, look now, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. This isn't how I planned this. We were all going to leave excited and happy and rejoicing to go tell people the gospel today. I can't wait, man. I'm going to get to my server. First, she's going to ask me what I want. I want you to get saved. That's what I want, you know. I want you to come to church. 